Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
Good evening, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. It is myself, John Anderson, in the hot seat once again. Uh, we're going to bring you some news and reviews and we're going to concentrate mainly tonight on uh, the fabulous uh, victory for Scotland in the Six Nations, the women's TikTok Six Nations. Um, tonight I am joined by my, my, my two besties, Craig and Lisa. Good evening, folks. Hello, hello. hello. And we've got a, a blast from the past, a returning icon himself. It is Johnny McGinty. Johnny, uh, where have you been, first of all? Uh, I've been moving house. Been doing, been good full cami. So you can see if you're watching on the stream, you'll see my you'll see my new background. Took me a lot less time than it took cami. By the way, I'm just throwing that out there. That's because cami moves like he seems to have moved like 17 times in the last two years. So. <laughs> I'm, I tell you, I picked a terrible time to move as well by my good name being slandered on here on a weekly basis, and more importantly, some frankly atrocious food opinions getting thrown out as well. That's what I'm more concerned about. What 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 food opinions is this, Johnny? Please please do tell. Uh, well, for a start, do you know what it was? Most, it was mostly Cammy, and he's not even here to defend himself. Oh yeah, yeah he's for a start, Feta's, yeah. Feta's brilliant on a pizza. I don't know what he's talking about. I heard him say that last week and about had to pull the car over. <laughs> well, it's it's great to have you back, Johnny, and hopefully you can bring your own uh, unique brand of food-related um, chat to the podcast tonight. Oh, I will. Um, yeah, so welcome anybody joining us tonight. If you uh, are joining us for the first time, for uh, you, um, good luck. Um, please, uh, you know, try try to get all the way through. Just don't judge us in this first five minutes. That's the way um, you get people on site, John. That's the way you keep going. <laughs> no, Craig, it's it's I, the I, unique I, sales pitches that I've missed. I, so I, I don't I don't sell hoovers like you, Craig. So. Oh, a complete horrendous pizza pizza topping choice, first of all, and then just you know. Oh, by the way, thanks for tuning in. You're not going to like this. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm under promise, over deliver. That's what I am. He's expertly deflected away from you dropping an H bomb on him inside five minutes as well. That's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I, I, I am absolutely and utterly not picking up any of your pish tonight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you happen to like what you see here, well, there's probably questions to be asked. But you can head over to patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast where you can support the podcast more and get yourself some exclusive content, including our Hands of the Ruck section, where Craig's, frankly, PG-13 language uh, will be allowed to be let loose, more R-rated um, for, for everyone. And <laughs> Don't censor me. Stop censoring me. Don't censor on me. <laughs> Do you know, I'll be honest with you, that's the thing I was most worried about. All day today, I was like, oh, I've not been on the pod for like six weeks. And it's, and like every hour or so, I was like, I need to remember, I can't swear for the first half. Yes. Yeah, Other than like, being at work, this is the longest I've gone without swearing in so, a long so time. No word of a lie. I actually have a post-it note right there in, on my screen that I put up every time I podcast, first hour, no, it's like block capitals, no swearing. So... <laughs> Yeah, we, we 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 all struggle with it a wee bit, but it's just because we're so passionate about Scottish rugby. Um, so, yeah. I know. Look at that. That was a good sales pitch, wasn't it? Anyway, right. Let us go on to the main event. Let's let's just get straight into it. Scotland thirty six, Ireland ten. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Uh, it was 
a great, great match to watch. Um, I'll come to you first, Lisa. Delighted, obviously, but you know, talk, talk to us again. Give us, give us some insight. What, what went right? Um, I think it's just every little bit that they've been doing over the, the whole Six Nations. Everything just kind of came together. Um, Malls were looking sharp. Um, I know there's couples of start was a bit like, oh, this is a bit all over the shop, what's happening? But yeah, we knew they were going to stick pretty hard to the Malls. Um, Ireland defensively were just would, weren't competing at all during the whole Six Nations. So it made sense, you know, easy ball, easy tries for Lana, hard things for me to describe. Um, but again, <laughs> again, the forwards really, really stepped up, though. I think we were able to have more of a power game against Ireland because we could get on top of them. Uh, where we've maybe struggled against France and England, who are more physical, um, have more experience in the pack than we do. Um, and it was nice seeing the backs, I mean, in the last 10 minutes, finally actually have a shot and have a go. Like, we've spoken about how threatening Fran McGee is and, and Kareem and, and Chloe in the back three, but we were just, we weren't really giving them opportunities to show what they could do and showcase what they could do. Off, they were only really working off scraps. Whereas actually this time round, we actually gave them a bit of time on ball and opportunities in space to actually have a go at Ireland's relatively inexperienced wingers. So, yeah, I think we played a little bit more sensible rugby of like, okay, what are our strengths? Let's actually use them. Yeah, and Craig, thinking about, like, again, it's been evident throughout this tournament for me, but <clears throat> talk to me about, about the, the, the physicality, like, how good was that? They were so big. Yeah, we, you know, I think, I think I have to echo, uh, not to sound like I'm just agreeing with Lisa all the time, you but I tend to have to just, I tend to have to just agree with Lisa. Um, <laughs> where, where maybe against Italy, um, the, the, the game was dominated by our forwards. I think our forwards, we got the balance right just when we, you know, we decided to use the forwards in the first half to really tire out Ireland. Um, and uh, and I think that came into play when uh, when our backs then got the ball and started to run them around the park on the, in, the, in the second half. So I think it was, um, and that, you know, one through eight and then 16, 17 and 18 all had a, you know, they, they, they showed the power, showed the um uh, their ability, um, but they also, for me, they were. What I like is is seeing clean ball at the back of the ruck, and there was a lot of that at the weekend, and I was really pleased to see that, and uh, and, and and allowing the scrum half and and the backs to deal with the ball after you know get it you know quick. You know me, I love quick ball, so um, you know the, the the ball presentation and the, and having clean ball at the back of the ruck was very good. And coming coming to you, Johnny. How how big a victory is this for Scotland, given... I mean, that, that was a tight game. Up to 60-odd minutes, There was there was they, they had to defend for large periods of the, that first, first uh, section. But to then go and get, you know, a comprehensive victory in the end up, how, how big is that? Yeah, I think, in particular, in the context of backing up the win from last week, it was really, really important because that the, the Italy win last week obviously was a was a huge deal, and you could see how much it meant to the players at the end of that game. But I think Scotland, uh, both men and women, for the last little while, have had this real issue where where they'll get over a hump with a big sort of talismanic win like that, and then they'll not back it up. So to then go in and win again, I think was really important, and to win that comprehensively 
we all kind of know what's happening with Ireland at the moment. Um, so you would you wouldn't want to put too much stock in it on its own in a win over Ireland. Um, because they've obviously got their own problems. But f- for it to be, you know, backing up the win from last week and kind of setting ourselves on a bit of a roll and not just winning, but but winning with a really, really solid performance, I think kind of stands us in good stead for what's coming next. It does feel like a bit of a corner turn for this group. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree, Johnny. Um, and it's interesting you mentioning Ireland and where, where Ireland are. At least I'll come back to you with this one. You know, obviously, we, we talked in the, the preview last week about where Ireland were at, how, you know, conceded a lot of points, not scored much, struggled, hadn't had a, hadn't put any points on the board. They finished the tournament bottom, zero points. <clears throat> you know, where, 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 where are Ireland? Do you recognise where Ireland are in terms of where Scotland have been? Yeah, I think so. There's... There's obviously a lot can be said about the performance and what's happening on the pitch, but I think also there's a lot being shown off the pitch, which just isn't right at the minute within the IRFU. And in terms of obviously the big sexism thing they're embroiled in and the support and stuff like that. And there's definitely like in my long career, we've had moments like that as well, where we just, we haven't been supported by the union and you're wanting us to compete against, you know, these top nations and do so well and stuff. But if, you know, these things are coming up your mind's taken away from you know your job of doing your stuff on the pitch and yeah I think it's hard obviously they relied so heavily on their sevens girls as well um I think they're they're working really hard with trying to find youth players and young players coming in I think um O'Brien at 10 she's 19 years old and she's like stealing the ship and I thought she had an outstanding game for Ireland there um but they're they're trying to bring in this this youth and this young team to prepare them for the next World Cup and give them a bit more depth when they're not going to have the likes of Bevan Parsons and Eve Higgins and such. But you're going to have a rocky time before you're going to get any success. And I think it'll be interesting to see if, if Greg William, McWilliams keeps his job. I asked this in a little minute. He's, he's in talks with, with the IRF about the performance of, at the Six Nations. And you would maybe like to... It's one of those things. You either want to give him up until the World Cup so you can have a good, solid time, or it's a change now and you've got to make something out over the next like two years um, and, and get a get these guys into the walk up again and actually perform pretty well because we've seen you know these guys like Ireland have pedigree they, they have they've won the Grand Slam before they've you know beaten New Zealand in their own home patch before as well so there is ability there it's it's just giving these guys the right support because like we said we can see the youth coming through and the talent there they just need support and backing from their union and you know contracts given to them that are actually feasible to live on really because at the minute i think it's peanuts yeah because quite quite a few of them had obviously been offered contracts and turned them down not dissimilar to a few of the scottish players as well um speaking of youth though craig i'll come back to you just now um whilst you fix your glasses um we've talked throughout this tournament about you know we've obviously had the, the experienced campaigners who've stood up for scotland this year but some of the new blood coming through, incredibly exciting, obviously. Bookended beautifully by Fran McGee's try, uh, which was just a, a, a piece of magnificence. How how how, how far can the Scotland team go in, the, in its current guys? Uh, 
I think we, we talked about it prior to the Six Nations and prior to, well, actually prior to the World Cup when they announced that they were going to talk, they were going to start talking about contracts um, after the World Cup. And where, where I think um, Brian Eason's kind of done, done a great job is the fact that he's not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, which maybe I was more inclined to do so. Um, and he's he's brought in, you know, he's kept certain players in place that have made, have had a very very good Six Nations. Um, people like Lana Skeldon and uh, uh, and obviously um, Jade Conkle Roberts and um, I think Lisa Lisa Thompson has done well as well. Um, you and, and also Chloe, Chloe Rowley has has shown her usual flashes. The only you know, let's let, let's just say that she has a very similar. Um, if you can, if you put her and Stuart Hogg together, they're, they're very similar fullbacks. If you know what I mean, they, they they like to they like to end up just saying, "Oh, sod it, I'm going to do this myself and and try and, and try and win a game themselves at times." Um, but they've they've obviously performed very well during the Six Nations, but bringing in. New caps, bringing in, um, you know, Fran McGee just just looked fantastic. Did a great job. I think also someone who came off the bench more than, and I've talked about her before. Um, Beth Blacklock um, has really, you know, the, the there's new caps that are coming in. Okay, Beth's playing down at Harlequins, so she's she's playing in a professional sort of setup, but they're starting to show. A, a great, it's been a great balance for getting this excitement of the youth players coming through. So uh, all we can do is continue on this arc of building, 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 and it sounds a really boring answer. Um, but I think we're not, and I really hope we don't get into the situation that Ireland has. And just as, as Lisa, again, I'm going to agree with Lisa. Um, uh, as Lisa said, you know, Ireland had it all. Ireland were, were, were leaders in the field at the time. Um, and the, the powers that be at Ireland have properly um, wrecked the women's game. Um, and they need to, you know, if... <laughs> God, okay, I think I'll wait until the patron um, comes up because uh, <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. there's, quite, there's quite a lot of mixtures with um, religion and, um, and, and women's rugby over in Ireland that, 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 that they, seem to, they seem to wait for a long time until things change. Um, I think we, you know, as long as we keep going the way that we're going and not have the heights of, of winning and winning and winning and then the, the towel being ripped from underneath everyone's feet, if you know what I mean. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, I think we're on a good arc, but I think we're five years too late, but I think we're, we're on a good arc now. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely fair, Craig. And it's interesting, actually, that the table almost played out in terms of professionalism, like, you know the, the 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 amount of professionalism we've had almost played out through the table, so that that was interesting to see. On that note, Johnny, of course, uh, the Six Nations had real like implications for the new uh, W W fifteen tournament. Um, Scotland in the second tier uh, after after uh, they're um, finishing fourth in the table. How big a deal is that? Uh, we we talked in the podcast. Of, before about almost there being enough for two tiers plus one and that third tier will probably be a bit of a, 
a domination for whoever ends up in there, in this case, Ireland. Um, yeah, how, how, how big a deal is that for Scotland and, and where can they go with that? It's a tricky one because I think big, but at the same time, the the press and stuff for this, this W15 has been so terrible that I don't think anybody really knows yet. Like it yeah. seems like being in the second tier is going to be uh, like going to be great for Scotland and it's going to put us in in a decent level of competition. But anybody seen any sort of ideas to how the format works or even <laughs> where it's going to be? Like the oh, yeah, the, the press I, I and heard stuff that has it's been like rotten. At East. Yeah, all all it seems to be it's meant to be in four months is like the occasional rumor comes out and then we hear a little bit about these tiers and. All the teams of the Six Nations knew they were playing for their tiers, but they didn't really know what the tiers meant. It's it's and it's a shame because it's it's a tournament with so much potential, and I think it's really exciting that we're in the second tier. But honestly, I've no idea. And the tournament think all these think all these players that have got jobs that are that, it's wild, that, isn't that, it? that, that rely on well, Lisa knows very well about it. How should to should to use her holidays to get time off? You know, use use her holidays to to get away with the team. Uh, you know, how are they supposed to then? You know, oh by the way, boss, uh, in a month's time, I'm needing I'm needing four weeks off. Like what? You know, it's yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's like it's wild, know. especially yeah. for something that came out with so much potential. Like when when this idea first started to appear. It seemed like a great idea. And don't get me wrong, it still does seem like a great idea. But this close to the tournament, I think we should know a lot more about it than we do. The thing is, I think we're not even going to know fully what teams are going to be there because a lot of them are obviously... I think we'll get the bottom two in the pack four. So probably, what, can I assume Canada and the USA. Mm. They will be there. We'll be playing against them. But you're asking, like, a lot of the Canadian girls aren't pro. So again, like Craig said, they're going to have issues of... Here. We've had this tournament here. We've also had to shift off to Australia and New Zealand for a little bit. And I'm now going to have to go away for probably four or five weeks to get acclimatised over in, I think, Hong Kong, I want to say. I might be talking rubbish. But I've, I think it, like, it's potentially Hong Kong, Singapore sort of way. And then do that as well. And then they've got to figure out, well, here, it might be Italy, but it also might be Spain. And then it's going to be the other teams who also still haven't played their game yet. So in terms of like a prep sort of thing, you can't really do any video analysis because you've got no idea who you're playing. You've got no idea what the schedule is in terms of, okay, it's going to be you against this one first or whatever. And it's just, yeah, like you say, it's a very good idea, but I think they're maybe now realising that they've left it very, very last minute just now. And yeah, it'll be, in, I mean, it'll be a lot of stumbling blocks this first time round, but you hopefully iron them out for the second time and it's not just a flash in the pan, but uh, stranger things have happened to women's rugby, so God knows. I've I've literally given myself more time to organise a school reunion than they're giving themselves to organise a global rugby tournament. So that probably t- that and that and that is not an indication of my organisational skills, which all you know are ghastly. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's a really poor show. We we have talked uh, on on the pod before, uh, Lisa, on this point about it's 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 amateur o'clock still. It's like these these things that. You know, we can make all the noises about professionalism and we see the amazing spectacle, you know, that was the, the England-France game at the weekend. And, um, you know, you see ev- everything supposedly progressing and then you've still got governing bodies making ridiculous things like this happen. So 
it's 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 troubling. It's um, almost like world to... rugby's based in Ireland or something, and uh, they don't really regard women's rugby. Oh, oh they well, are sorry. Well, Craig, <laughs> no, it's fine because it was there wasn't any women player available, so it, they had to get models to do the shirt. That was that, you know. It oh, wasn't, yeah, it yeah. Oh, it's awful. Honestly, <laughs> do, do you think someone from the IRFU headquarters went downstairs to the World Rugby headquarters and went, lads, listen, our women's team aren't doing that great at the moment, and you're kind of making us look stupid. So let's just mess up this whole tournament for just now. <laughs> Give us a bit of time. Well, it makes a difference uh, when we're going down, down to the URC office and sort out the referees for next weekend. I was, I was going to say, I was going to say, it's not like they've gone downstairs and gone. Oh, by the way, uh, I think it's about time that we had uh, we had the uh, the European Cup final in in in, uh, in <laughs> Ireland again in Dublin, and I think we should really have you know um, you know Leinster shouldn't be given you know shouldn't they've been they've been away from home so much that they need to be at home for a little while. Could you sort that out, please? Hold, I'll it's just, literally I'll just like their own like home seven tournament. Like we'll get a good draw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll get yeah. the easy side of the draw, and then it'll be fine. Yeah, we, we, we're not in with the the, the, the British army, which is filled filled with Fijian sevens players. When you're an amateur team, yeah, no, no, we'll get the easy draw. Fab. Yeah. Oh, honest, oh, so you honest. saw the game on Saturday, then, did you? <laughs> Don't even get me started on referees. We'll get there in due course. <laughs> My days. Uh, right. So that's the end of our Six Nations. Uh, a really positive Six Nations for Scotland, finishing fourth in the table. I'm going to come around you in like a circle of some variety uh, and we'll ask for, for a few things. So, Lisa, I'll come to you first. Who was your player of the tournament for Scotland? Um. You'd be hard pushed to go past Fran McGee just with the impact she had. Um, but I'd also say someone who probably snuck in there is Louise McMillan. Like, she does a lot of the dirty work and the stuff you don't see, and she's a link in second row as well. And I think she took on a lot of responsibility and leadership without the likes of Sarah Bonner and Emma Lassell there. So I think, actually, I'm going to go rogue, and I'm going to say a forward, and I'm going to say Louise McMillan. Sorry for the win. <laughs> It's almost like you're agreeing with Craig now. I'm noticing a conspiracy here. This is, this is, uh, I, I, I gave you the podcast title last week as well, but no, no. Okay, so you're back. I've, I've got Johnny in my corner this week. So oh, I, I was waiting. We'll start talking about Glasgow in a minute. and we'll, oh, we'll yeah, I'm, 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 like, I'm pretty sure we can make this first bit last an hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> Craig, same question. Who's your player of the tournament for Scotland? Um, I have to I have to agree uh, with Lisa about um, Yeah, okay, about Fran McGee. Um, but I am still going to go into the forwards, and I'm going to say Lana Skelton. So I think she's had an absolute, um, an absolutely phenomenal. Who would who would guess that I uh, I went for a uh, for a hooker that, that that did incredibly well behind a behind a a, a good role in mall? What's happening there, Johnny? <laughs> Shocker! You do, you, you do You're like full that, of surprises. Don't you? <laughs> I, I should remind you guys that Eurovision is a couple of weeks away, so this tactical voting that we've got going on here is is you're a couple of weeks early. Hang on, I chose someone different, although they were in the forwards. Ah, it's go. Lisa that's gone rogue. You know, oh, you she, she you has gone rogue. Me. That's okay. <laughs> Johnny, uh, same question, mate. Uh, who's your player um, of the tournament? 
I'm going to also choose a forward. <laughs> um, I think Rach Malcolm is one of the best captains in the world. Um, I think she was so pleased to see her get the try at the weekend. Um, her leadership's been amazing. Uh, I think it has been since the World Cup. I think she fully deserves it, um, just based purely on how well she captains the team. So I'll say Rach. Very good. And I will break the mould as always and I will pick a back just to add some balance to this forward dominated madhouse uh, there was a couple of backs stood out for me obviously Fran McGee has been uh, mentioned but for probably for that that sheer tenacity of the, the, the last 10 minutes against England and dragging the team uh, into competitiveness Chloe Rowley unbelievable tournament for me um I, I every time she touched the ball was just electric so she was she was my player of the tournament we're going to go John, the other way oh. i played three games on saturday and didn't play a single minute in the forwards wow i'm getting that's, back that, to my roots that's that's massive what you what you've also not <laughs> said is how many minutes you actually played though i played most of them did you? I'll I'll tell you about it when we get to to hands in the rock. Okay, that had a, bit of a, had a bit of a moment. Had a bit of a moment on Saturday. I'm loving that you're teasing hands in the rock for our Patreon uh, customers who, Lots if you're not signed up, please go join just now. You'll get content. He's got to get near the rock somehow. So, oh, what's that, what's that <laughs> that's some cheek coming from you, Manson. Brutal speaker general. Manson, what what I heard Manson's nickname was one in four for uh, Rux. <laughs> Listen, I've, I've got a whole folder on my phone of really good photos of Craig like standing with one hand on a rock. Rock inspector. Listen, I listen, I'm Listen, I, I'm one of those people. I like to be standing guard and and, and making sure that I'm not. Too many, we, we don't like to put too many in the rock because we, you know, we, we play an expansive game at the How Nights. What you like the dorm into the rock or something? Sorry, your name's on the left. Get out. <laughs> I can't, can't believe Craig and Al, Al Kellock finally have something in common. So there you go. We don't want Craig in too many rocks so we can make use of his pace and footwork in other places. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, listen. I tell you. Right. Let's get this show back on the road, you Sorry. <laughs> enough, enough winding Craig up. It's not me that oh, no, it's true. It's all true. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go the other way. Johnny, I'll come to you first. Uh, what was your moment of the tournament for Scotland? Oh, Fran McGee's try. Was, it was fantastic. Like, uh, you know, like we say, she was just, what, 19 years old, first tournament. Um, she's been electric all tournament, but that try at the weekend was phenomenal. And I think anyone who wasn't on their feet watching that should probably see the doctor because you might be dead. Yeah, it's back to the old if you don't like that, do you actually like rugby? Comment. So, Craig, same question moment of the tournament. Um, is can I have can I have one for Scotland and one for the whole tournament, or is it you just one have, for the you, whole tournament? You, you, no, you can have one one for each. I'm 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 a I'm a liberal taskmaster in this in this situation. Okay, um, well, uh, for me, uh, for Scotland, it was just the, the final whistle against against Italy. I think that just the emotion that was shown was quite uh, quite uh, something, and I think uh, you know all of us as Scotland rugby fans have uh, have been have been willing everyone on. 
um, and to finally get there um, after after just a, a wee bit of a, a run of defeats, it's, it's been fabulous. And, and just to see the emotion of everyone, it was fantastic. Um, but really, the, the and, and I think for uh, the main, my main um, moment of the of the tournament really is, or, or, or the best part of the tournament has been the turnout of the fans. Um, I think being able to see um, so many fans, you know, we're breaking records at the dam. Um, we're, you know, England broke records at uh, at Twickenham. Um, even even having a sellout at Newcastle, um, just fantastic. And I think um, for for you know for all of us who who have either been involved with women's rugby or 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 follow women's rugby a lot in Scotland, um, to see the fans starting to 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 get more and more vocal and be involved more and more. Um, I think it's just a fabulous thing. Yeah, I, I, absolutely, Craig. I was going to touch on the, the the attendance, and we'll we'll come back to that after this. But uh, Lisa, mo- you, obviously, you can have you can have apparently you can have as many moments of the tournament as you want. But uh, yeah, so moment moment of the tournament for Scotland. I don't know if I want to go really sassy or not. Um, Come on, always, you've never you always, you've always been. So why change? Always do that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Make enemies, not friends. Um, <laughs> You're fitting in just fine here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the fact that we actually used the bench was probably the moment of the Six Nations. It's quite nice. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest with you. There was times of like, okay, we 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 need to bring some fresh legs on here. Um, I think seeing the girls get a decent wacky game time in in, in an in the Ireland game, I think was was great to see and. You know, having been on the bench, it's pretty horrible if you get, you know, 30 seconds, like, here, just go and do something. Or not get on at all when you're a bit like, well, I can provide an impact there. Um, so I think that was my sassy key moment. Um, other than that, I think just the transformation from first game to last game of the forward pack in general and their ability to assert dominance, um, I think for too long now, we've kind of been this small, receding, like, pack that goes just backwards and as much as we will them to like be part of like our game plan and stuff like that we've kind of maybe struggled but actually seeing them take the front foot and take the game I think in, in general was just great to see like I said the evolution over the whole six stations of that you know pack of eight was great I, I'm all for a sassy um a sassy moment so my my sassy moment of the tournament was having the joy of watching Lisa try to describe mole tries uh, five of them five <laughs> <laughs> and um she's flopped over the line <laughs> instant regret instant regret <laughs> i was Do messaging during the island game i was messaging like one of my old coaches like please give me something intellectual to say about the malls and he was like coming back with like four or five of them got to the end of the game and brian spoke for 35 minutes so i was like well i guess that's my point at the window now <laughs> i totally feel you on that because i always think that malls just look like a bit complicated but also easy at the same time so i'm just like <gasps> they, put, they pushed they fell over we scored i am thoroughly upset that's it that's that's i can't even swear oh my goodness <laughs> Oh, so I, I, I think my 
Honestly, Greg. I, I think my actual <laughs> moment at the tournament was probably, and obviously mentioned Chloe Rowley before, I think it was that last 10 minutes against England, which for me actually set the tone for the rest of the tournament. Scotland had been, you know, after they had a decent start to that game and then they were blown away by England, which we all expected. But the fight they showed in that last 10 minutes, it showed a lot about the character of that team. And for me, it really did set set the tone for the rest of the, the tournament to the point where we were all pretty confident moving forward that we could attack these games. You know, this is the first time Scotland have won back-to-back fixtures um, in, you know, I think it was 2006 or so, um, or something like that. So, you know, this is, this is a massive step for Scotland and we have done incredibly well. Um, and I genuinely think that 10 minutes probably so much was taken from that um, to move forward. So, uh, yeah, so the last question on the, the Six Nations, before we come to, we'll talk about the attendance. Uh, Lisa, what was the most improved bit of Scotland's game? Um, Probably our tactical kicking game. I think the decisions to kick in the right areas were there. I mean, maybe in the perfectionist and maybe in a bit of a 10, maybe the kick choice could be improved a little bit. But the fact that we're actually sensing, okay, we've played too much game here, let's kick for territory, let's put it on them, I think was huge. And I think Helen's really settling into being a 10. Um, I mean, I'm still in the corner of Helen's the best 12 we have currently in Scotland, but by the by. Um, but her her kicking ability and her control of that, that sort of area was great. So I think, yeah... Our, te- our kicking, like decision making, was was uh, so much improved. And Craig, what, what's your thoughts? Um, I've got a, f- a few, but I'm not going to give you them all because obviously I got I don't want you moaning at me not by giving you more than one. So uh, I. Uh, I- I think I simply you, made a joke, Craig. I think you can give me as many points as you listen, so desire. You don't, don't start with your jokes. Don't start with your jokes. I'm very sensitive. I bruise like a peach. Don't start. Um, <laughs> um, I think for me, it's... Uh, I think the turnaround off the forward pack from the beginning of the England game um, all the way through to the final game against Ireland, that we, uh, you know, Lisa and I and, and, and yourself discussed the forward pack um, at the beginning of the tournament and said, you know, that they need to be grittier, stronger, they need to be more, you know, um, savvy. Need to carry the ball more, um, uh, and and they did everything. You know, I thought it was going to this was going to, this tournament was going to be dominated by the backs with Scotland, and actually the forwards really um, did a fantastic job. So I was really, really, I thought they they really um, turned up. Yeah, and then f- finally over to yourself, Johnny. What what was your most improved? What did, what did you see? Resilience, I think. Um, you know, you talked about that ten minutes against England and, and what Chloe Raleigh did, and we all know that Rory is like fully obsessed with Aaron Walsh and the the work that he's doing across the whole SRU setup. Um, there does seem to be a bit of a mindset shift in Scottish rugby. Everyone except Edinburgh. Um, the under twenties are maybe taking a little minute to catch on to it as well, <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, cer- certainly both both full senior international teams uh, have had a real sort of change in mindset and the way they attack. 
when circumstances aren't quite going their way. I think um, Scotland of last year probably would have folded a lot easier. That Italy game, I would have been a lot more uncomfortable watching last year. This this year, they just did seem to kind of be a little bit more settled, um, attack sort of suboptimal situations a lot better than they have done in the past. I just seemed to have a little bit of, of grittiness about them when games were in the balance. Came back, obviously, I mean, the Red Roses game uh, was was a game against the Red Roses. That's That's kind of what you come to expect, but they did kind of claw their way back into it. They hung in there with Italy when it was beginning to get to look like it was getting really tough. Um, yeah, they just see, they seem to have a different mindset this year, uh, which has made a huge difference. I think. All, all absolutely correct, yeah. And I think it's great that we can go round and we've all got a different thing that's most improved as well. For me, just sheer physicality. It was, it was. At times, brutal watching, particularly at the weekend there. But the last couple of weekends, it was it was brutal watching those Scotland forwards carrying ball, and some of the defensive work, like two two ta- you know two person tackles, absolutely smashing people behind the game line. It was absolutely brilliant to watch, and you know it's that sort of you know yeah, rugby's a we, we you know we've all played rugby, we know. We try to, you know, you try to find space. You try to, you know, do do things to not get smashed. But sometimes it just takes one of your teammates going and absolutely obliterating someone to really get the, the confidence going and get you. You you know you're you're in a game and you're going to be going forward at that point. So for me, the physicality was unbelievable this tournament, and um, I was delighted with how. You know, we've talked actually about how Scotland in the past have maybe been considered to have a slightly softer pack, uh, and we spoke right at the start of the tournament, but maybe been a bit more streetwise, a wee bit more ruthless. It was the the kind word we used. Some of some of the stuff at the weekend, they were they were just brutal with the physicality, and I was all on board with that. So that that was my moment at the tournament. Closing off the TikTok Six Nations, um, second year it's been sponsored by TikTok, uh, Lisa. Obviously, social media coverage has been insane. It's been amazing to see record crowds. Um, Scotland set set their record uh, at the weekend, over 4,000 people turning up. Women's rugby is uh, very much on the, you know, <laughs> it's front and centre in a lot of people's minds. Um where, where, you know, what, what, what next? Where do we go from here? I think the only way is up, really. I think we can see that the product's there and the people want the product. It's now about continually supporting that product to keep getting better and better. And and the likes of like England and France do it well. Like you see the crowds they're getting, they see the the fact that the whole community comes out, and you know that day is is solely just for those guys. And I think that's what we want to get to have across. Wales, Ireland, and obviously up here as well, and, and in Italy too. Um, but I think it's just that continual support from the unions and improvement on what we've already currently got. Yeah, this is what we've got. It's working now, but okay, how can we make it better? What else can we offer? What else do you guys need? So that, again, like I said, the product keeps getting better and better, so we get more fans coming to watch it, especially like young fans as well. And actually, try and change the stereotypes of like maybe some of you know your tweed jacket men 
as well would be lovely. Um, I might that may be a bit much to ask so far. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> one can wish, uh, but I think yeah, just trying to change perceptions and actually continually showing this isn't just a flash in the pan. This is here and it's here to stay. I think anyone who wants their perception, who has a negative perception or wants any sort of perception changing, simply watch England France from the weekend and tell me, tell me that is not the best rugby you've seen in years. It was unbelievable. Just atmosphere water. looked amazing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, 50, 58,000, I think at Twickenham. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some, I saw a stat that said five to one uh, new fans to existing fans. Yep. Five, yep. five to one people buying tickets for that game that had never bought a rugby ticket before, which is unbelievable. And obviously they were talking as well about the queues, the queues for the merchandise, the queues for the you know various things compared to the queues for the, the pints and it being a very, very different demographic. And that's, you know, amazing. And perhaps we will touch on that uh, when we maybe come to Hands in the Ruck um because perhaps the rugby rugby crowds you know it's great to see that family atmosphere and um people coming along to the game and supporting it properly um and yeah again the damn health craig i've i've been completely complimentary about the damn health throughout this tournament um 4000 people again great great home for scottish women's rugby yeah it's it's no no matter what it, is said and and all the different things that are said about the damn health. No matter, it's a it's a very good venue, and I think um, whether whatever teams playing there, they get whoever's watching is getting a, a, a high quality experience. Um, mainly due to how close you are to the pitch, um, you're almost playing the game with the players on the pitch, um, and it is a a, a wee cauldron um, of of noise, and and you really do get a, a lot of noise there. So I, I'm really pleased that the that that Scotland have a home there, yeah. um, and I'm not. And this is this is absolutely you know rather than yourselves, I'm not digging at Glasgow today. Um, the, the you know it's, I just think that having somewhere as tight and as as as, as compact as the dam. That, that gives you a, a very very good experience, um, and again, hopefully that will uh, that will increase the, um, the the numbers of people coming to see women's rugby, and and hopefully we'll we'll, we'll graduate over to the to the to Castle Grayskull to coin a phrase, Lisa. <laughs> um, uh, next uh, next um, that's never going to leave us. Um, uh, You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, it's 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 really you know it's it's a it's a plus point. So to come back to something else, it's almost like we remember all all the things you've said on this podcast so far, Lisa. Your 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 insight and your your uh, commentary has been incredible so far. I remember you talking at length about not wanting um, cast off coaches who you know the jobs for the boys just being put into women's coaching roles so today england have went for a hold my beer approach uh, john mitchell has been announced the successor uh, uh, simon middleton john mitchell who has been assistant coach uh, defense coach at england has been assistant coach at england before as well um how do you feel about that appointment lisa um uh, i am unsure to be honest there's maybe a reason he's 
stayed assistant coaches for a while under very different guises. Um, it'll be interesting to see because I'm not entirely sure how much experience he has coaching women. Um, I know there's a lot of, of chat around, well, why are we not bringing one of the Allianz Premier 15s coaches up? Someone like a Susie Appleby or I know like Alex Osterbury's name was like banded around for a little bit as well. You know, we've seen what these guys have been doing for a long time at club level and the way they're able to, you know, pump out internationals here, there and everywhere. But yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure how it's going to go down. I think they've tried to keep a bit of consistency with obviously Lewis uh, Deacon staying there. Um, I would say the Hunter staying up and involved and obviously one of the 20s coaches, Lou, staying on as well and moving up to be a tack coach to help his transition more so than the girls' transition. Um, but yeah, I'm withholding judgment till I see what he's like and he actually find out who he is. So Yeah, and and obviously, Craig, looking at... So we talk, we've talked before, we said, talked rightly about women coaches there's lots of good women coaches out there who should be maybe getting opportunities to to progress. Only France, France out of the top nations, are the only country to have a female head coach. We've still got, I mean, I almost said a, a sweary word there, but we've still got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I, I think, that, but again, Scotland as a whole, um, need to need to work harder progressing the coaches through the system. Um, no matter whether whether they're whether they're women coaches or male coaches, they've not they're not. I don't feel they're developing their coaches as well as they possibly could. Um, what stuck with me um, when when Lisa first came onto the pod and, and we're discussing was was definitely the comment. You know, a comment on we want someone who wants to coach Scotland women yeah. isn't using isn't using Scotland women as a stepping stone. And I think the, the issue you have with um and, and so I don't you know I'm 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 look I would be far I don't I would be far happier with no matter what sex the coach is, as long as they are saying that the pinnacle for them is coaching Scotland women. Um and I think I think obviously I I know a lot of um, female coaches within Scotland, and I know there are some fantastic female coaches within Scotland and and around the world. And and, and it's never been, it's never you know, Scotland have never shied away from bringing a coach in from abroad. Um, so I just, um, I, I think we need to obviously, you know, we'll see how how Brian goes for the next wee while because I'm I'm sure he, he's going to stay on for a wee while longer. I don't think they're going to turn anything over but it, it, my hands in the rock was actually the John Mitchell appointment because it, it does not make it does not make sense to me whatsoever no. uh, especially when you can just as Lisa says you, you know you've got these fantastic coaches in the Premier 15s um, that, that, that could come up you know Sarah Hunter now I don't know if it's because she, she just wants that's a position she wants but you know a transitional coach I, I I would have far rather she's been coaching with Loughborough for a long time, so uh, you know I, I would have expected her to have a a slightly more senior role within Scot with within England. Um, I just yeah, I, I I think I think England have a, have have really dropped the ball there um, because I we all know John Mitchell's reputation, um, and I don't I don't know if it I don't know if it's going to gel or not with the with the team. 
But I think as, as a whole, sorry. He's he's basically responsible for the All Blacks' famous uh, no dickheads policy, and and not because he came in and implemented it, but because the culture within the All Blacks was so terrible when he was the coach that the next coach came in and went right, rid of all of this. <laughs> We're going to start again. Well, so, yeah, we'll just have to. Has has has, has yeah has has eroded somewhat as the years have passed. Um, so let's let's see. Maybe Scott Robertson will go back uh, back to that basic principle and uh, get some good players wearing the the black shirt once again. I agree with all you guys. I think it's a I think it's a strange appointment, but you know uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes. And I think the the only the only problem for me is he's he's inheriting a team that are dominant. Like it it can it can almost rest in the laurels of how good that team is and get away with a lot and I I just hope that that's not the case and actually he's no. challenged as a coach. So, well he has to be uh, careful because because France France almost took that grand slam away from him. They gave them a fright didn't they? They were very very good. Right well let's 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 dedicate the last 10 minutes to um if you believed BT Sport at the weekend uh, the first Scottish team to reach a European final they of course are not, as uh, as we we like to. I I said in the podcast last weekend, uh, last week, Craig, that I supported Edinburgh when they reached their European final. Um, Glasgow um, went down at the Scarlets. Um, a shocker of a first half, Johnny McGinty. They were they were still in the still in the dressing room for the first forty. Yeah, I I think Franco will have had some quite choice words uh, about the discipline in particular in that first half. Um, I would not have liked to have been in the Glasgow dressing room at halftime, but whatever went on obviously worked because the second half was like night and day compared to the first. Um, the most obvious yellow card and penalty try you'll ever see in your life aside, Glasgow were pretty dominant for, for most I of the mean, second are we, are we Are we so sure though? Absolutely 100% certain. <laughs> I've never seen a surer penalty try and yellow card so... in my life. And I was Kevin, wetting myself <laughs> as he talked Kevin, his way out of it. Kevin Miller, who a friend of the pod who does uh, the On Top of the Moon uh, blog, he um he, he was commenting in the Glasgow Warriors forum about it. And actually, like the wording, because there's obviously a push for like an intercept, a failed interception should not always be a yellow card if there's a genuine attempt to it's, to it's one of my least favorite laws. Yeah, but it is the law. They've changed the wording slightly, so if there is, if there is a realistic opportunity for the player to regather, is the kind of wording of the law. Now, if you watch Ollie Smith, he, he does go hand up to try and bat it up into the air, and yes, he is at full stretch doing that. But I don't think you know. I don't think we can necessarily judge someone on how stretched they are. Then I mean, if he's the... basically fallen on the ground as he gets it the second time, I think we probably can. Yeah, but it does make a touch on the ball, so there, there is enough <laughs> there. You know, at the time I thought yellow card penalty try, but I loved. Oh, I, st- because... I still do. Do you know what? I'm not even that fussed. I think it's hilarious. I it watched was, all the Scarlets fans go absolutely mental on Twitter. It was great. Uh, Lisa, did you did you happen to catch the game? I was watching it again actually earlier, so. Second time round, look at me. Um, yeah, first half was um, interesting. Um, Glasgow were like, like you say, didn't, A, didn't come out the sheds, and B, 
we're then trying to play far too quick for another try to play quick band rugby but it was literally lightning quick for like 15 minutes and i think even the rest might be like please can we just stop for some water but i think someone took a tactical kick out as well so they could get some water um but yeah that was good i think only thing that's going to be slightly worrying going into Toulon, um, and the next one is probably their um, just breakdown. Like the amount of turnovers they were getting um, and penalties against for holding on is going to be a little bit worrying. Um, is that be- again? Is that because we're trying to play too quickly and we're just not getting support there, or is that because you know player on the floor is not working hard enough? Who knows? Um, but yeah, it'll be an absolute ding dong battle. I think um, it'll be it'll be good. I mean. I'm excited to watch some rugby and support a Scottish team in a final. Excellent. That, that's that's what we like to hear. Similar to what Jamie Ritchie came out today and said as well. He's he's back in Glasgow um, because he wants top people right to... corner here's gone awfully quiet though. Oh, no, we're going, to, we're going to come to the top right corner just now, just for the last... <laughs> you can have the final word on this. Um, Craig, obviously, a, a, a Scottish team in a final... That's really positive for Scottish rugby. Um, will you be, be donning the, 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 the black and blue and supporting Glasgow on the 19th of May? I'd rather clap, uh, clap, and <laughs> clap my hands with a, with a crap in it. No, um, I, that was, that's, I'm, being, I'm being, I'm joking, I'm joking. No, I, I fully, you know, I fully intend to support um, Glasgow on the weekend. Uh, it's not come up to the, the, the final, I should say. Um, you know, we had the opportunity to to go down that route and uh, and and a lot of Glasgow fans followed Edinburgh and, and, and wished Edinburgh well. So I have no no qualms whatsoever. It's going to be interesting to see. I think Glasgow have been on a phenomenal journey um, this season. Um and it'll be it'll be nice to see them um you know, after the doldrums that they've had and, and some of the some of the awful times they've had over the last couple of years, it'd be nice just to see them get something out of it. And if we're not in it, then obviously I'm going to support Glasgow. Um, I think it, I think they've gone, you know, I think they've got a very very tough opposition. Um, but I think it's it's going to be a fantastic game to watch. It, well, it's going to be one of two things: either either on are going to come out and absolutely monster everybody. I don't think they will, but they are either going to do that or it's going to be a very close game. Or, you know, there is a third option that Glasgow run them off their feet. You never know. You never know. Well, well, this is this is on with uh, Brian Aluanisi and uh, Cornell Dupree in the pack uh, and a 114-year-old Sergio Parisi who was utterly disgusting at the weekend. Oh, my days. Oh, I was like... Just that grubber insane. kick through, though. Oh, oh just yeah. the two of them. <laughs> like, and, I, mean, and I have never... to. Sorry, I, I, I just. That's all I'm saying. Sorry, what are you going to say? He's the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think, I think also, you know, no matter what anyone says, Cornell Dupree is actually very, very good, and uh, you know, he's a great player. Um, and to, you know, we we only saw. We only scratch the surface with him when he played at Edinburgh, you know. Um, I mean, he's so... he's no he's no really Darge, and he's also only scratched the surface with him. But um, you know, we'll 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 do our we'll do our best to keep. You're him. welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So I think we will we'll continue some of this chat once we move over to the Patreon because I think we can all all cut loose a wee bit more. Uh, Johnny, just as uh, before we before we go. Uh, so a thirty-seven pound hostel bed in Dublin, um, 
in the on the nineteenth of May. How much is it going for? Three hundred forty pound. Four hundred ninety-six pounds. Yeah, see, I'm thinking about going, but I'm not booking any accommodation. Yeah, I'm gonna just yeah. go to the game, go to the casino, go back to the airport. I was gonna say that is probably the cheapest way. Yeah, disgusting and uh, interestingly, if Glasgow were to be successful this weekend against Munster uh, and Leinster were to win their quarterfinal, uh, Glasgow might end up uh, playing in Dublin a couple of weekends in a row. And then when we beat Leinster, they might do three weekends in a row in, in Dublin. So, um, yeah, so take out your mortgages, guys, for the hotels if you're traveling, because it's going to be expensive. Um, but that that is us for tonight for our free episode we're going to move on to the patreon special now um it's been an absolute pleasure as always thank you lisa for joining us thanks craig thanks johnny i will say for now good night and goodbye craig johnny lisa Bye. Bye.